Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 790. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Concorde Elegance Swiss that takes place at the Chateau de Copet in Switzerland on June 23rd to June 25th. Check out their website to learn more about this fantastic event. Well, I would like to use a German expression. I think it's quite an elegant uh, expression. It's called Wenn schon, denn schon. And the translation in English is a lot clumsier. You need a lot of words. I would say the best translation would be to say, if you're going to do something at all, you might as well do it properly. Or using maybe the Harley-Davidson language, let's go the whole hog. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am a revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, all the way from Switzerland, George Keener. Hey, George, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Of course, absolutely. Buckled up, ready to go. It's all sitting uh, nice in my seat and uh, ready to uh, ready to enjoy it. All right, great. George Keener is the managing partner at Barnes Swiss Licensing, the entity in charge of developing the Barnes brand and network in Switzerland, Germany, and Austria. Barnes is a global luxury real estate service provider throughout the Americas, continental Europe, UK, Asia Pacific, and the MENA regions. Barnes is also a major sponsor of the Concorde d'Elegance Swiss that takes place at the Chateau de Coupe in Switzerland on June 23rd and 25th in 2017. George is also an avid automotive enthusiast who's worked throughout Europe in a variety of business activities and he's now based in Geneva, Switzerland with Barnes. And no doubt, you'll find him on the lawn amidst a wide variety of classic and collectible automobiles at the Concorde Elegant Swiss. So George, I have told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your very well-traveled career, and of course your passion for automobiles? Well, yes, indeed. I guess you could say it's been uh, quite uh, varied uh, in terms of uh, geographic, uh, in terms of fields of activity and in terms of uh, positions. I mean, I've lived in Paris three times, in London twice, in Germany twice, in the U.S., in Portugal, and now I'm enjoying uh, life in uh, Switzerland. I worked in the cosmetic industry, in the motorcycle industry. I'm sure you're going to ask me questions about that part. Yes. Uh, and to tell you the truth, my colleagues and friends, uh, when I moved from L'Oreal, to Harley-Davidson, they asked me, how can you move from cosmetic <laughs> industry to the motorcycle industry? And I said, it's very easy. It's all about cosmetics, fragrances. It's all about smelling good. And Harley-Davidson, it's all about looking good. So <laughs> yeah. it's very close business. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I, I mean, really, if you, know, if you buy a Harley, it's really to look good, obviously, to enjoy the road, to enjoy, you know, the sound of the, of the engine. Uh, and also the camaraderie with your uh, fellow riders, but it's a lot about, you know, feeling good and looking good, yeah. and, and L'Oreal is, is doing a lot of that. 
Yeah. Anyway, and also then after L'Oreal and Harley Davidson, I also moved into fragrance uh, production, uh, also technical professional appliances, and now real estate for about 12 or 13 years. Wow. And in terms of positions, you know, I've been in, in finance, I've been in audit, I've been in marketing, I've been in sales, uh, and, and now in sort of, you know, more general management uh, position. With Barnes, now I've been for, for five years with Barnes, uh, which is a high-end uh, international uh, real estate uh, company. We'll come back to that. I've been with them for five years, one year at the headquarters in Paris, and four years ba- based in uh, Switzerland, well, Geneva. Uh, and I'm now in charge of developing the network and the brand uh, in, in all of Switzerland, uh, Germany, and, and Austria. Wow. Well. There's a great song by uh, the songwriter and musician Johnny Cash, I've Been Everywhere, Man. And I think that applies to you, George. You have been everywhere. So very, very fascinating. And we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your journey of life. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. That's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, George, take the wheel. Okay. Well, I would like to use a German expression. I think it's quite an elegant uh, expression. It's called "wenn schon, denn schon." It's very elegant because you only ch- change one letter uh, from "wenn" to "den," "w" to "d," "wenn schon, denn schon," to give the whole meaning. Now I'm going obviously to translate it for you in English, and the translation in English is a lot clumsier. <laughs> you need a lot of words. I would say the best translation would be to say, if you're going to do something at all, you might as well do it properly or using maybe the Harley-Davidson language, let's go the whole hog. (laughs) Another way of saying it would be half drunk is a waste of money. That's also a German expression, actually. I quite like that. Half drunk is a waste of money. (laughs) Yeah, this is very fascinating to me. It's the first time I've heard that quote in German. I I get the application in the English language, and of course, a bit in the Harley-Davidson language. But Let's talk a little bit about how you've incorporated that into your life and your business and your passion for automobiles, motorcycles, fragrance. Sure. To give you an example, in in sort of the uh, um, personal life, I'd rather spend one night in a great hotel than two nights in an average one. Mm. So it means, you know, if you commit to something, an event or a marketing tool, if you look at it from a business point of view, it means let's do it properly or you wait until you have the means to do it properly. So if you can't do it properly now, wait until you can really do it properly. Around the automobiles, I would say that, you know, if if you buy an, a, a car that needs to be restored and let's say the hood needs to be changed at some point, you know you will have to do it. So maybe next year, maybe in two years' time. Why not do it now? And then you have a new hood just, you know, from day one. Yes. Uh, there is no point in waiting for the last minute. If you're already buying a nice car, don't skimp, uh, skimp on the option list. You know, that's another way of looking at it. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, my father taught me that lesson years ago. He used to say to me, if there's something you want to purchase or buy, wait until you can afford the best. Because if you, exactly. if you hurry it along and buy something, you'll always regret that you didn't wait. Yeah, or if you have to choose a car, you know, you think, well, maybe, you know, I would want that extraordinary car, that Rolls Royce, that extraordinary Ferrari. But I can really only, you know, afford a, a one in a, in a not very good condition uh, on which I will have to spend a lot of money to, to restore it properly, money that I cannot afford. Now, I would say, well, 
don't shoot that high. Maybe instead of a Rolls Royce or a Ferrari, go for a Jaguar, go for um, you know some some Mercedes, uh, and then you can get the best one and you can restore it properly. And at the end of the day, you're going to have a, a fantastic car rather than having a you know a supercar which is actually not in 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 a very good condition, not restored to the proper level. So adjust your aim and your goals, your expectations, and uh, instead of you know failing, just um, just do it very very well at the right level. Wise man for sure. Well, let's go back in time and talk a little bit about what instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were a car guy? I guess it was very early. Uh, I must say, my father was was definitely a, a car guy, and 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 also a few of my uh, uncles. And there were a few nice cars in the in the family, including some Bugattis. Not directly with my father, uh, more with uncles. Mm-hmm. And my my father and, and and myself, we we grew up in in Alsace which is really Bugatti uh, country. As you know, Molsheim is not in Germany. It's not in Italy. It's in Alsace. Mm-hmm. So it is the eastern part of uh, France, uh, which has been going back and forth over two or three wars between uh, Germany and, and, and France. But it's been part of France again since, uh, um, you know, 1918. Uh, and my father was a big fan of the, of the make. And uh, I remember he told me a couple of times he had seen Jean Bugatti, so the the son of uh, Ettore Bugatti, driving by in an uh, open chassis several times, you know, an open chassis. Wow. You, you see what it is. It's a chassis, the wheels, the engine, engine, the transmission, the steering wheel, and, and a seat, but there's no body because, you know, the body in most cases was done by, the, by a, um, a coach builder. Yes. Uh, so he had great memories about that, and I was very impressed when he uh, when he uh, told me uh, those uh, stories. Now I think this is how Jean Bugatti died, actually, in one of those uh, test drives. But that's another story. Oh. So I have um, you know great memories of uh, you know going to uh, various uh, gatherings uh, in in various uh, Alsatian uh, villages where you could see uh, uh, you know all those incredible uh, Bugattis, uh, which are real. Uh, you know, metal uh, sculptures, mm-hmm. you know, the sound of those cars, the smell, you have a very typical smell, you know, of those uh, old, scar- old, old, old cars, obviously, they, they do consume a little bit of oil. So that is part of the, uh, uh, the smell that you get. Yes. Uh, another memory I have, which is sort of a bit quaint memory, is um, that um, silver cloud, Rolls Royce silver cloud, two-tone, you know, typical gray and, and black. Mm-hmm sitting, uh, you know, near a, a river on a cousin's property in Normandy. And I asked my cousin, you know, what is this car? What is it doing, you know, there? And he said, well, this gentleman, very smartly dressed uh, in tweed, uh, just next to, the, to that uh, cloud, silver cloud, um, he pays me uh, an annual fee to come fishing in that, uh, in that stream. Oh, and I thought, you know, this cloud with this guy just fishing there the whole day <laughs> uh, with a cloud, two tone cloud, just that was just so classy. And for me, the, this silver cloud really uh, stayed in my mind. And uh, and it was just, you know, a luxury car with a sort of simple way of enjoying your day, fishing in, in this stream uh, with this beautiful luxury uh, um, uh, car, uh, you know, next next to him. So yeah, wow, some wonderful childhood. Memories for sure. 
Yeah, that was quite beautiful. And, and I, I, love, I, I love driving per se. I mean, I love driving almost any car. Uh, I, I just uh, enjoy, you know, the um, uh, steering and, and accelerating and um, uh, the landscape, the motion, all of that. And I have uh, fantastic memories, you know, talking about your side of the world. Uh, you know, the Pacific uh, Drive from Los Angeles to San Francisco and back. I don't know how many times I've done it, uh, perhaps a dozen in Europe, you have the Route Napoleon, which is going through the Alps and down to the uh, uh, Riviera, so the um, you know the Côte d'Azur, which is an incredible drive, which I've done also very very many times from and in in very different cars, uh, you know, from a Renault Five to a to a Rolls Royce uh, race. So uh, yes, I mean cars, it's definitely something I, I enjoy. Ah, uh, yes, it sounds like it. And I was very fortunate years ago to visit the Champ Museum in France there and see all those Bugattis in that museum. Oh my gosh, if that's uh, that's definitely a- in uh, yes, yes, absolutely. You know the story about it. You know, it it, it used to belong to a, a family. Uh, I don't know how many cars they are, and basically they 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 ruined their their business buying so many cars, and then the <laughs> yes. uh, the workers of the factory uh, took over a big strike, and then uh, at the end the French government decided to make it a national museum. Yeah, yeah, uh, fascinating, fascinating story. So, but it started as a private collection. Yes, I know. The Shump Brothers, they had a large collection. They couldn't stop buying cars. Exactly. It got them in trouble. Well, George, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. You've had so many different careers, different paths, but they all kind of tie together. But I'd love for you to share a huge challenge that you've faced along the way. But of course, the most important part of these things are what they teach us. So take us down that path. Tell us a story there and then tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in your career. Well, I mean, the biggest challenge I had at some point, and that was quite early in my life, is um, was actually a, a failure. And I had a, a good reason for that failure, which is related to cars or to motorcycles. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, story, or I hope it will be. I always, I've always been quite a good uh, pupil or student. So but I failed miserably uh, the first time uh, I took my baccalaureat. You know, baccalaureat, which is a high school diploma. Oui. So uh, I failed. And um, I guess uh, that was quite a shock because, again, you know, I had been quite successful in my studies and suddenly, uh, you know, I failed that uh, exam. I had a good reason for that, and I'm going to tell you the reason. I, I just took my eye off the ball because I had been spending a lot of time renovating uh, an old motorcycle, a 1952, I think it was, Pusch Pour 250TF. Now, Pour is an Austrian uh, make, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Pour 250 uh, was a little bit sort of the northern, the, the sort of a continental northern of, of the days, although it was a two-stroke. Two-stroke, one cylinder with two pistons. Well, let's not go into the details. It's quite a quite a funny way the engine the engine had been uh, engineered. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I spent, I guess, a lot of time renovating that uh, motorcycle rather than uh, studying. But the good news is, when I uh, re- when I sold the motorcycle uh, when it had been completely renovated, I made a nice profit, and that profit helped me uh, finance my first trip to the U.S. And uh, this is 1976, so it was the, the year of the bicentennial. 
And uh, so I had a good reason, maybe not an excuse, and certainly my parents were not very proud of me, although I guess they were pretty proud that I managed to finance and organize that uh, trip to the U.S., which in 1976, not too many European uh, people would actually go there. Mm. And I spent six weeks there with a friend, and we crossed the whole country from L.A. to New York on the thumb, each hiking. Oh, my uh, gosh. Six weeks. Wow. We did 6,000 miles, I think, on, on the thumb. Wow, oh, that's yeah. incredible. Well, 76, yeah. that's the year I graduated from high school, so there you go. very different times there back then. Go. But yeah, a lot of people hitchhiking around the country, and very cool. In those days, I mean, it was quite popular to hitchhike. And, um, yep. you know, we had, well, I don't think we have the time, but we know we got to into a nice Mercedes 300 X SEL 6.3 at one point. Uh, with a sort of uh, young woman driving it. I, I can't remember why she was driving such a car on her own. <laughs> anyway, she took us for a few hundred miles, and that was very nice. Yes. Also, um, you know, I think it was a Pontiac Firebird, you know, with a big eagle. Oh, on the, on the, yes. On the yes, yes. Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One of those, uh, plus a few others. So anyway, wow. a, a fantastic experience with no, uh, no issues, no, you know, no problem yeah. uh, whatsoever. Yeah, very fun. Wow, what an adventure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I'd like to say it's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction, perhaps. So what was your aha moment? Well, I guess maybe we can use quite a topical example and use the uh, Concours d'Elegance as the second edition is now coming up, 23rd to 25th of, uh, of June. It's a second edition. We already sponsored the first edition last year, and we thought it would be very good, uh, you know, a very good opportunity for Barnes uh, to get involved in that um in that event, first because of its location, which is right in the center of, of our, you know, market for high-end properties. You know, Chateau de Copé, it's all surrounded by beautiful properties, beautiful villas and houses with direct access to, uh, to the lake, waterfront uh, properties. Uh, obviously, the elegance of the properties we, uh, we promote with Barnes obviously fit very well with the elegance of the classic cars which are going to be promoted during that uh, event. The demographics that obviously a lot of our clients uh, buying high-end properties own classic cars uh, in Switzerland particularly. So it's all a very good, uh, you know, mix, um, an opportunity to uh, to promote our our brand in a, in a very nice and our services in a very nice environment. And for me uh, also to enjoy, um, you know, to give me sort of a professional excuse uh, to get involved in a, in a passion I have also on a, on a personal level. Um, I, I recently interviewed, uh, because we have our magazine to promote our lifestyle and our properties, someone who has a very uh, nice collection of classic cars and hopefully is going to be there at the Concours d'Elegance this year, certainly next year, um, with with a few few of his cars. And he has, you know, his business is about a billion dollar turnover. So it's a big business. Wow. But he has also a side business, which is uh, wine, selling wines, and which is doing also very, very successfully. And I asked him, you know, why, why did you get involved in that, in that? He said, well, it was just a fantastic, fantastic excuse for me to buy uh, beautiful bottles of wine for myself. <laughs> yes. So, yes. you know, sometimes it's very nice to mix, uh, you know, business and um, your personal uh, passions. Passion. And oh. Concours d'Elegance is certainly one. Oh, absolutely. And that's what Carja is all about, combining your passion with your vocation. So, 
very, very nice. That's the best way of doing it. It's the best way of doing it, yeah. It's the secret sauce to life, that's for sure. Exactly. So let's have a little bit of fun, George. Tell me about your first really special car. Maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Okay, I think I will have to talk about motorcycles now. Oh, that's okay. uh, We love motorcycles. (laughs) Um, I worked for Harley-Davidson for five years uh, in the U.S., uh, in Germany, and in uh, in the U.K., and my last job was uh, sales and marketing director for, for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Mm-hmm. So Harley uh, has been an important part of my life for, for five years from a business point of view, but uh, for another five years, perhaps from a personal point of view. So mm. I've, uh, I've been a Harley-Davidson rider for about 10 years. Wow, cool. So when I took delivery of my first Harley, was was definitely a very, you know, a great experience. And the first one was uh, uh, not a rubber-mounted uh, engine. Uh, so when I got my first Harley with a rubber-mounted engine, that was an even better experience. Uh, experience so you don't have to shake your uh, your feelings out yes <laughs> lose your feelings yeah, yes yeah your, your feelings <laughs> no you keep your feelings but you lose your feelings yeah, exactly uh, <laughs> exactly very well said <laughs> so uh, yeah i had been i had been wanting uh, you know one harley since since i, I was 10 or, or 12 uh, i guess i remember the first one i saw one uh, which was an, an electra glide uh, so we were in sort of mid 60s then I was in the back of my father's car and I asked him, you know, what is this enormous motorcycle? I mean, an Electra Glide in the 60s, that was a huge motorcycle. Yes. And, and my father said, well, yeah, you know, it's a Harley Davidson. It's the American motorcycle. And I was, I was smitten. I mean, I was just so impressed by the sheer size of that uh, machine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you want to hear when it, it then really became uh, absolute desire to own one. So 12, you know, I've got this sort of, uh, the, 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 I get bitten. And then when I'm sort of 30, then it becomes, an, you know, an urge to own one. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, I was with our L'Oreal UK sales team. Um, at a sales meeting we had organized in Saint-Tropez. So I guess, you know, we had moved the whole sales team, the, almost the whole company for three or four days to Saint-Tropez, staying at the Biblos. So I guess it had been a very good year for the business. I guess so, uh, to, yes. To be able to afford that, yeah? Yes. So we're having a drink at the harbor in the evening, you know, nice and cool evening, beautiful weather, and, uh, and then suddenly two black uh, sposters arrived. Wow. Uh, the riders all in uh, black leathers stopped the motorcycles, the riders took off their helmets, and it was, at least in my memory now, that sort of Charlie's Angels, <laughs> Farrah Fawcett moment, you know, with shaking of the blonde, blonde hair. There were two female uh, riders. I mean, it was really like Charlie's Angels, you know, they took off their, 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 their helmet and sort of, you know, the hair yeah, you know, came out. I got the picture. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So no, no, calm down, calm down. Huh? <laughs> I'm getting a little excited here. <laughs> So it was a great sight, and I must say, back in London, I ordered my first Harley. Wow, that did it, man. (laughs) That's for for motorcycles. Now, for cars, um, obviously my first Mercedes, the first of 11, Wow, uh, which was a 190E, you know, the baby Benz. Oh, yes, yes. Of the the early 80s, Uh brand new company car. Uh, I just became uh, 30. 
just you know had my MBA a few years uh, before uh, I was a L'Oreal subsidiary company director uh, pretty proud and I got uh, as a company car this 190e and I have this uh, picture when I'm standing next to it you know looking very very proud wearing my INSEAD MBA sweatshirt um, <laughs> and I bought the car back from the company later on I kept it all together for 13 years wow nice so that was certainly a fantastic memory yeah. you get your you know this beautiful brand new Mercedes delivered and you don't even have to pay for it. The company is paying for <laughs> even it. better. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And We're, I have to mention yeah. my Coupe de Ville, my pimp, pimp mobile, <laughs> 1976 Cadillac Coupe de Ville, mm. 500 cubic inch engine. Yeah. 8.2 liter. Uh, you know that 76 was the last year of the truly full-size Cadillac. Yeah. Yes. Yes. After 76, they sort of started to, to, to shrink. Yes. Uh, and the engine, the 500 cubic inch, is the largest production engine ever made, still, I think. Huge car. Huge. Opera lights, cabriolet roof, <laughs> chrome bumpers, yeah. weighing a ton, the whole thing. I mean, just incredible. I bought it from a local Cadillac dealer. I was, at that time, uh, living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, working for Harley Davidson. Yes. And... Um, uh, driving, uh, you know, on the other path, and uh, and I see this um, huge car at the Cadillac dealer a little bit, um, you know, uh, further down. Mm -hmm. And the dealer had parked very cleverly the car at a 90-degree angle from the other cars, so you could immediately see the size of the beast. Yes. So I got off the highway, and I bought the car immediately, which, <laughs> by the way, gave me a, a good example of the fantastic uh, customer service you can get in the U.S. when you buy a car. Mm -hmm. In Europe, to buy a car is complicated. You know, you really have to want the car. The dealer is not going to help you much. And, and in my case, I know a lot more about the car I'm going to order than the dealer. But anyway... Yeah. So, but in the U.S., you know, you can go, you buy the t the, the car, you know, from stock. Um, they can deliver it at home immediately, put the plates on, on it immediately, even get the insurance guy to come to the dealership so you can get insured right on, on Yeah, on, the on point the of spot. purchase. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that was, for me, that was one of my first experience of, you know, got off the highway, loved the car, bought the car. They drove it home because I was obviously driving another one uh, and took the one they had, they take, uh, they took in, uh, in, in return, you know. Oh, in trade, yes. In trade, exactly. And um, so, uh, and as a Frenchman just arrived in the U.S. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at <laughs> Harley Davidson, uh, I had to have the car, and uh, it was pristine condition, all black. I had it registered big V8, license plate big V8, and I can tell you, people at the office, you know, they really. Uh, they were really impressed. So that was my sort of my uh, baptized, uh, you know. Baptized a big American iron. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. So it was <laughs> what oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've sold that you wish you had back in your garage? Yeah, absolutely. Now I will. I will. I hope I have an opportunity to to talk about the the most fantastic drive I had in a Rolls Royce Ooh. race, going driving down to Monaco. But maybe let's first talk about the the seller's remorse. Yes, um, it's a 1963 Land Rover Series 2A. Mm. Can you picture the car? I do. I know the car. Yes. I mean, it's totally rugged. It's a real thing. It's, uh, you know, it's supposed to go, you know, to climb, uh, climb up 
trees and uh, it is it is just beautiful simple totally purposeful etc so i i bought it in the, when we were living in 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 the algarve in the south of of portugal and for some reason i kept it only a few months to buy another land rover to buy a modern uh, defender and the car was in a very good condition looked fantastically rugged cost nothing to maintain tax insurance why did i sell it uh, i had my first <laughs> real off-road experience in it yeah you know it had a soft top you could take the windows off you could lower the windshield on on the bonnet on on the hood yep. uh etc it had a beautiful aircraft a type dashboard, uh, no heating, ventilation by opening a vent at the bottom of the windshield. Just a fantastic car. Why did I, why did I sell it? I, I just don't know. Yeah, just, uh, those cars to me, I always say they have big cheeks. The way those fenders stuck out from the grill, it looked like a, exactly. like a, a kid with a big cheeks full or a, a squirrel exactly. with and a squirrel through. Yeah. Is the one which has the headlights inside yes. uh, the fenders on yeah. the grill. Because yeah. the S3 gets the lights on the fenders, which I think is is less, is a bit more, uh, is is clumsier. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you know, in those days, you could use the grill actually uh, as a, as a barbecue grill. I, it was in, I, you're in, right. In, yeah. uh, in steel, and you could actually take it off, put it on the fire, put your whatever you were grilling. Yep. No, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry, George. We all have those sellers for more stories, so I understand. Now, let me tell you about this Rolls Royce. Yes. Okay. Race. The brand new model. You know, it's it's the one with it's it's a two door. Uh, it's got a 636, 636 horsepower engine, V12, 6.6 liter, uh, double turbo. I mean, it's a, it's a really uh, incredible car. Now, I didn't own it, but it was lent to me for a full week wow. by the factory, by oh. Royce Royce, by oh. the motor company. Oh. So difficult to beat that. Yes. And it was, um, and I had the whole delivery experience. Uh, it was, uh, um, you know, delivered to me for uh, brand new, only seven kilometers on uh, on the clock because the Rolls Royce dealer is also an Aston Martin dealer. I remember it as being zero zero seven kilometer, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, so the whole delivery experience, like it, like like if it were, you know, mine. And I took it down. So obviously there was a little bit of thinking with my wife. Okay, we've got this car for a week. What are we going to do with it? Yes. And we thought, okay, we're in Geneva. Where is the most appropriate to take this car? Take this car, which was brand new. I mean, you know, you 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 wouldn't see it on the roads. I mean, it was just um, had been available only for a couple of weeks. So wow. So well. We have to go to Monaco. This is the car to drive down to Monaco. Yes. And we took the Route Napoleon through the Alps, and it was just, and then you arrive on the Riviera, suddenly you see the sea, uh, you drive along the Corniche, and then you arrive in Monaco. Wow. And I don't know if you've been in a, in a modern Rolls Royce, but just the comfort, the finish, the power, the poise. Uh, I think the poise, uh, Royce Royce call it the waftability. Yeah. Waftability is, you <laughs> yes. know, the way the sort of the car feel, uh, you know, the way of it, the, the weight of it, the, the sort of really being so charismatic on the road. I mean, it just, uh, you just feel exceptional. Yes. And what was nice, I mean, we, we went to the uh, Monaco Yacht Club for a meal uh, and later on we stayed at the Hotel Hermitage which is you know one of the the two palaces of or two or three or four or five palaces of uh, of Monaco and even the valet guy 
was impressed by the car. And I can tell you, he's, he's used to um, having to move some uh, very, uh, very nice cars around. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was loaned a Rolls-Royce Ghost for a weekend once by the local uh, dealer here and got to drive it, drive it home and drive it around. And all the neighbors came over, and of course, they gave them all rides and that thing. But yeah, when you drive a Rolls-Royce, oh my gosh, you feel special. Just absolutely. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Now, I had a ghost too the year after, also for a week. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, to boast too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, clear your throat for sure because you do. You know, it's not a car I've ever really lusted after because I like sports cars. But when you drive one of those, you do feel. Very, very special. So thank you for sharing that story. Well, next time they loan you one of those, give me a call. I'm going to come over and go for a ride through the Swiss no, Alps. And, and you know, you, you feel so exceptional. I mean, it is so funny when you, when you give the car back and you go back to your, your, your own car. And, you, you know, suddenly things are completely, I mean, you want to go back, you know, beyond the mirror. You want to become exceptional again, yes. again because, you know, people are not looking at you anymore. <laughs> yeah. People are not letting you pass anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've just become a, 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 just a mortal again. Yes. Whereas for a week, you know, you had been sort of up there with. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty know, darn, uh, pretty darn special. Well, let's talk about what you're working on right now that has you really excited and fired up. Well, you see, I'm, I'm developing, uh, barns, uh, throughout uh, Switzerland. We've been established for, for now five years in the French speaking part, uh, and we're now developing into, uh, Ticino, uh, Italian speaking part and, uh, and, and the German speaking part as well, and also, uh, into Austria and, and Germany. So Austria starting with Vienna and, and Germany starting with, with Berlin. So it, it is, um, and we, we do it by way of, uh, you know, a licensing, uh, agreement. So we find a local, uh, real estate company already well established, uh, locally who can see the benefits of joining a brand which is known internationally and a network, uh, a strong, um, network international and also national in the case of Switzerland in order to, to basically uh, service our, our, our clients, which, you know, at the high end of the market uh, are definitely, uh, you know, international clients to the extent that they move around uh, a lot uh, from a business or a personal point of view. Uh, and in many cases, they own uh, um, more than one property. Uh, and so they would own properties, you know, in, in various uh, parts of the world. So mm-hmm. to have this international brand, international level, consistency of service, international network, basically uh, this international wealthy client uh, would, be, would feel very confident you know, going to the Barnes Vienna office or going to the Zurich Barnes office because he, he has had already a good experience in, in Paris, in London, in New York or, or in Los Angeles. So my job is is first to, you know, to um, select um, those candidates and then to sell them, the uh, sell them, which in, in my case, you know, I'm, I'm quite passionate as you might have, my, you, <laughs> yes. you might feel. Just a wee it's, bit. It's much more like, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's really, it's not selling, it's really expressing, you know, all the, the, the benefits and all the, the story about how Bond was created now only 20 years ago yeah, and the success we've uh, known um, basically because our concept of uh, serving this client who is a multi-country, multi-city, mm-hmm. has this multi-city, multi uh, 
country needs uh, is the right uh, concept. So it's uh, it's quite interesting. Yes. And then obviously, as you know, the the bigger the network uh, grow and you see, you know, the list of uh, the various locations we're in, and you think, well, I've been part of. Uh, and making uh, that um, <clears throat> happen. So it's yes. quite... Um, quite satisfying, it sounds like. Absolutely. Satisfying, exactly. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, George. If you were a car, what kind of car would George be and why? Ah, uh, well, um, I guess um, I would be a Land Rover. Okay. I would be a Land Rover. <laughs> Back to the Land Rover. <laughs> it can do absolutely everything yes. and do everything well. Yeah. I think it's a Swiss knife of uh, of cars. Yes. And more specifically, a Land Rover Discovery 3. Mm. Well, okay, I had one. Yes. Which I think was the best car I ever had uh, because it can go anywhere from challenging off-road situations to taking you to the opera. Ah. You know, for me, it's a little bit like the Rolex Submariner of James Bond. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do know that James Bond was, was wearing a, a Rolex and not an Omega. Well, originally, I mean, yes. Now, yes. Well, yeah, now he wears an Omega. I can tell you the story about now yeah, because <laughs> I met the guy who basically put the Omega watch on on, Bond. on the wrist of, um, yeah. of, of James Bond. But anyway, if you read all the books, which Ian uh, Fleming's books, which I have, 13 mm-hmm. of them yes. over summer, uh, well, Rolex is just James Bond's watch. Anyway, yeah. and that's a watch he could wear in the pool, uh, killing people or whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also looking very smart and uh, with a with a tuxedo. Yes, so absolutely. So for me, the Discovery Three is a little bit the Rolex of 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 cars um, and the Swiss knife of of cars. Yeah. Now you could say, why not a full fat Range Rover? It's even better. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. But I like the sort of the understated, rugged charm of the Discovery 3, uh, which has charisma by function and not charisma by money or bling bling. Very well Does that put. make sense? Uh, absolutely, that George. Make sense? Yes, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> very well said. Very well said. Yeah, in fact, the first book that my parents ever gave me as a little boy was Ian Fleming's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Well, that one I must say I didn't read. I read only the James Bond. Uh, oh, well, I've got to send you a copy then because, uh, yeah, you've got to <laughs> no, have no, that No, no, I know, I know of it. I know of it, yes, yes. <laughs> There you go. Well, George, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install 
stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. All right, George, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give me very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Easy. If you cannot afford it new, you won't be able to f- to afford the maintenance on a used one. <laughs> so yes. this is why I never bought a Mercedes 600 SEL or Bentley Turbo R. Yes, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Um, I would say be reliable, respect your word, keep uh, politics to a minimum, and be trustworthy and efficient. Perfect. Does that make sense? I love it. I love it. Wise words from a wise man. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, obviously, I'm going to take advantage of promoting our, the Barnes website, yes. uh, which is barnes-international.com, where you can see all the beautiful properties we offer throughout the world and all the fantastic services uh, we can also provide. I would encourage listeners... If you want to have a nice time one evening, pour yourself a nice glass of wine. Go to that website and look at the properties that Barnes has to offer. Oh, my gosh. Your mind will start spinning. It's absolutely brilliant. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be, George? Sterling Moss. Oh, yes. Wouldn't to, that be nice? To hear about his uh, millimilia record, you know. Yes. thousand miles in 10 hours on open roads. Uh, That's about 100 miles per hour on average for yeah. 10 hours. Yeah. I mean, and you know that on top of that, when he, when he arrived, when he finished, he took a bath, took a meal, jumped in his company car, and drove 400 kilometers to Stuttgart. <laughs> yes. Do you know the story about the pill that Fangio uh, Fangio gave him yeah. his wakey wakey pill. No, <laughs> yeah. well, let's not get into that. <laughs> no, we won't. But a, a big shout out to Sir Sterling Moss. Great honors for that <laughs> man, for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read lately you think that our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Yeah, well, I've talked a lot about, a lot about Rolls Royces and I talked about the Silver Cloud, which I think is an incredible car. So I would recommend a book which is called Every Cloud Had has a silver lining. Mm. Uh, it's written by an Italian guy, Davide Bassoli, and it's everything you want to know about the Silver Cloud and the S-Series, 600 pictures, 130 different coach-built styles. So, I mean, you're going to enjoy it. It, it weighs a ton, so sit comfortably, but it's uh, everything you need to know about the Silver Cloud. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, listeners, you can find all these spectacular resources George has been so kind to share on his show notes page at the Cars yeah website. That's carsyeah.com slash George Keener. His name is spelled G-E-O-R-G-E-S and his last name K-I-E-N-E-R, George Keener. All right. We are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but 
Don't worry about the price, because today I'm going to get the big checkbook out. I'll buy you whatever car you'd like, or motorcycle, if that's the case. What would that vehicle be and why? Will I surprise you if I said uh, it was going to be a Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud? Uh. Uh, It could be also... uh, the Bentley version of it, right. but it would be a special one. It would be the Chinese Eye. Ooh. You know, the current design of uh-huh. the early 60s. Mm-hmm. So I think the official name is Silver Cloud Drophead Mulliner Park Ward. Ooh. Uh, anyway, best known as a Chinese Eye. I think it's just so understated, apart from the sheer size of the car. Beautiful, simple design, comfort, craftsmanship, infinite style and class. Do I have time to give you, you know, sort of a memory that um, really burned into my mind about that car? I would love to hear about that, yes. Uh, so when, when I lived in London, this Friday afternoon, I'm following that car, leaving down London. Beautiful weather. Uh, obviously, the guy is going on, on, a, on a long weekend. The car is dark green, red leather, top down, exactly the way it should be. The gentleman is driving it with a jacket off, but he's wearing a tie and this typical large check uh, shirt that one wears for a weekend when one has a, you know, a nice family estate, sort of a hunting type, shooting type, typical yes. British yes. Uh, shirt. And this is just a picture of absolute bliss. And you can see the driver is enjoying himself. He's looking very dignified, but not blasé. So it's nice, beautiful car. Obviously, the guy has some means. He's going to his country estate for the weekend, and he's just enjoying this uh, ride in his beautiful uh, Rolls Royce with a top down. So that was just... Burnt into my memory forever. Yes, you've painted a very pretty picture for us here, George. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, George, you have taken us on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, learning more about it you. It was a pleasure on, on my side, too. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Well, to talk about it, one's passion is always a pleasure, so it's very easy. Of course. I can't wait for a time I can join you in Geneva and we can sit out on the uh, lake there and, uh, and enjoy some more stories. I really appreciate you taking the time for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off to the Riviera in that uh, Rolls-Royce? I don't know, parting word of advice. I mean, it, it nothing to do with the Rolls-Royce, absolutely not, which is obviously the most silent car in the world or uh, whatever the advertising was at that time. No, I just would like to go back to Harley-Davidson and give Willie G. Davidson, uh, you know, sort of a good, uh, um, that just I can remember Willie G. Davidson saying, be proud, be loud. And this is, <laughs> this is the typical uh, Harley-Davidson parting word. Oh, right on. Right on, absolutely. Be proud, be proud, be loud is, is a pretty good uh, word. Oh, man, you are a renaissance man, that's for sure. What's the best <laughs> way for our listeners to learn more about you and Barnes International? Well, just go on our website, www.barnes-international.com. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything George has been so kind to share on his Cars Yeah show notes page at carsyeah.com slash George Keener. And remember that uh, upcoming here later in June, June 23rd, 25th, is the absolutely fantastic Concorde Elegant Swiss, which takes place at the Chateau de Copay. If you are fortunate enough to be in that part of the world, you've got to attend this event. Walk up to George and say, I heard you on Cars Yeah. So nice to meet you. George, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your marvelous experiences, your worldly experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. 
Thanks a lot. Or as the, the Swiss would say, volontiers, it has been a pleasure uh, on my side to, uh, to share some of my moments of uh, passion. Merci. Wonderful discussion. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!